Okay, so what you're about to hear is the audio from a live recording I did on the Insight Timer app. For those who don't know, I do live meditations, courses, a variety of different things on Insight Timer. Insight Timer is the biggest meditation app out there. Um, you can check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes to my Insight Timer profile as well as to the course that I mentioned. But yeah, it's going well and people are loving it. So check it out and enjoy. What we're going to be doing today is a a little bit of an introspection, a little bit of a diving into the idea of quitting on ourselves. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I have a new course up and out called Discover Your Discover Your Divine Purpose, and in that course, I'm basically guiding people through a bit of a guided meditation, and then opening themselves up to finding wisdom from some questions that are sort of poignant, that help help us to, well, discover our divine purpose. So what I'm going to be doing in this live and then hopefully in a few more as I uh, get more used to the, the format is doing that same sort of thing live. So um, yeah, maybe we should just get started. Hey, so what I want, what I want to do, what we're going to do is a little bit of a guided meditation to sort of get ourselves ready. Then I'm going to repeat a question a couple of times. We're going to sit and meditate on that question. And then we'll talk about it a little bit and, you know, comment, share and meditate on it a little bit again and basically just open ourselves up to possibility. Does that sound like a good idea? Let me know. Any comments, any questions, please, um, please do because right now I'm speaking to my face. Comments allow me to tweak and twist and um, cater the this live session to what you're after. Okay. Just for those who don't know me, my name is Zachary Phillips. I'm a mental health advocate, poet, author. I'm a high school kid teacher by trade. Um, I teach online now. I've, I'm currently studying a master of counseling and I've got a Reiki master certificate. So I've got a sort of a variety of different sort of things, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, so what I want you to do is just invite you to just take a seat, um, lay down, close down the eyes if you wish. And take a few deep, slow breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. As you're taking those deep, slow breaths, we're just aiming to slow, slow down a little bit, calm ourselves down and settle into the session. We're going to be filling our belly first, then our chest, and the air up into sort of our throat region, holding for a little bit, and then letting it go. Now maintaining that slow, calm breathing, we're going to scan down our bodies, just acknowledging and then releasing any points of tension. So continuing the slow, calm breaths and just feeling any tension you have. And if you notice a point of tension, just looking at it, acknowledging it, and then allowing it to pass and flow through you. (sighs) 
just drawing your attention to your head. Is there any tension? Any points of blockage? Anything that needs to be resolved? Just breathing into that space. Letting it fall away. To your face. Just unclench your jaw. Let it just soften up. Drop your shoulders, releasing any tension, just allowing your body to just settle into the session. Moving your attention down to your chest and to your belly. Just acknowledging if there's a blockage or a point of tension or just anything there and just accepting it, acknowledging it. Continuing our slow, calm breathing. So just move this progressive relaxation and acknowledgement down our arms, our forearms, into our hands, and our upper back, mid back. Lower back, just taking our time to just keep slowly and calmly breathing into that space. <sighs> Moving our tension down our body, acknowledging any tension, blockages in our buttocks, groins, in our legs. Now feet. Just doing a little scan over our entire body. Our body often holds tension, traumas, issues, and breathing into that space and allowing that space to unfold can enable deep relaxation. Sort of a and opening up. We're going to move our attention to our mind and just open ourselves up. I'm going to ask you a question and with that question we want to be as open to it as possible, as flexible, as pliable, supple. So you open yourself up to the universe, to God, to your intuition, to the muse, to your ancestors, to whatever space or place you draw your strength from. I'm going to approach this question and just allow it to unfold without judgment, without filter, and just see where it lands for us. We'll sit with that space, just slowly breathing and just allowing the question to unfold for a minute of silence together. Then I'll share some insights that I've had, and we can share it in the comment section as well. What if you didn't preemptively quit? What if you didn't preemptively quit?
So, I invite you to share your responses in the comment section. But to me, preemptively quitting, it implies something. This question makes me realize that there's a part of me. Maybe it's, maybe a shadow. Maybe it's, you know, a throwback to my past. But it makes me realize that when the going gets tough, sometimes I bail. I buckle under pressure. I don't persist when perhaps I should. It makes me wonder if I need to work on my resilience, if I need to sit and consider you know, who and what I am. This idea of what if I didn't preemptively quit makes me wonder if the fact that all the things that I have quit on, are they truly aligned with my divine purpose? Are they truly aligned with what I want to be doing? Because how easy is it to to set a goal in haste or in fear, scrambling, when we could be instead taking a breath and working out where we truly want to be going. Because I wonder if part of this quitting is because we're not fully aligned with our goals because we're not fully 100% in. I look at my son and he loves certain activities, video games, cartoons, right? And he won't preemptively quit that activity, right? My other son loves other activities. He won't preemptively quit those activities because it's play, because it's fun, because he's chosen it. And obviously this is by virtue of the fact that, you know, kids have a lot more freedom on their hands. You know, we have to work, we have got commitments, all of that sort of stuff. But if they can choose to do an activity and just engage with it, they're in fully because that's the thing they want to be doing. Then I apply that logic to myself, to my work, to my creativity, to my life in general. And I wonder, do I have that same level of commitment, of enjoyment? Is the fact that I've quit, does that represent that? Does that highlight something to me that I'm not fully invested? Maybe. This question also makes me wonder, or sort of highlights the possibility of when it is, when is it time, you know, talking about preemptively quitting. You know, if we're bailing early on a project, if we find a bit of pressure and we push back because we don't have that ground, that solid base to step forward and move from. When is it time to leave? How do we know when it is time to bail on something? Because if we just persist doggedly in the pursuit of a goal, how do we know if we're getting any closer to attaining that goal? How do we know if we're doing it in the right direction? How do we know if we're moving appropriately? I like the idea of an iterative learning. Try something. Contemplate and consider how it went. Try something else. 
I use this approach with my writing, with my books, with my poetry. I'll share something, you know, write it from the heart, but then put it out there to the world and see how it's being taken. If people like it, why do they like it? If they didn't like it, why didn't they like it? Iterative learning. So now, if we go back to the question, what if I didn't preemptively quit? Well, I need to now know or give myself a determination of going, okay, I will try up to this point. Then I'm going to pause, reevaluate, learn from those mistakes if there are some, and then continue, maybe slightly varying my course, maybe slightly changing things, right? And that way I know that I'm following a plan, not just not just the the whims of my current mental state. Doing the questions here, doing the course that I've put out, the Discover Your Divine Purpose course, it's made me realize just how easy it is to fall into the, the habits, the patterns, the thoughts that just pop up. You know, the thought to quit pops up, and you can't. You can't just quit. <sighs> how easy is it to do so? I guess this brings up the, the concept of meditation and, or rather, motivation. It's easy to do things when we're motivated. You know, the New Year's resolution. It's easy to eat healthy for a week, to exercise for a week. It's easy to do those things. But then life gets in the way. Then motivation drops. So now part of me, this question's making me consider, it's like, okay, rather than using my, my motivation to start something new and like sort of believe that the motivation will persist, maybe I should use that motivation to instill positive habits, to instill, you know, a routine for my mornings, to instill discipline into my life. And that will make me not quit. Because if I'm just relying on motivation, motivation is fleeting. My thoughts are fleeting. You know, how many times have you gone to sit down to exercise or go to go for a run or do something like that and have a little thought, this little voice of weakness pops up and you're looking at it and going, huh, yeah, you're right, and you just choose something else. How easy is it to just, you know, pick up your phone and start scrolling social media because you have this little voice, this little intuition, this little little thing, just, no, 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 do this. The voice of weakness the voice of just stagnation gets louder as motivation drops. And it helps you to justify quitting. It helps you to just accept where you are. Now, don't get me wrong. Acceptance of your life is one of the deep core practices that, that I suggest, that I preach, and that you know a lot of people do. Accept where you are, accept the current moment. But there's a difference between acceptance with a goal to improve, you know, long-term trend, and just accepting and sort of falling into blindly the thoughts that pop up. There's a distinct difference there. One is like doing it from a mindful perspective, and the other is falling into it blind. You're here. The thoughts are here. If you can put the thoughts here in front of you and see them and go, oh, that, that's the thought of quitting. I see that thought. I acknowledge it, then I'm going to let it pass. I'm going to let it go. So I guess this, this is the final thing I want to speak to this, and by all means, please comment, let me know. The final thing I want to speak to on this is 
What if I didn't preemptively quit? Makes me feel like it's like, well, how can I not preemptively quit? I can not preemptively quit by acknowledging those feelings that pop up. (sighs) I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu martial arts. And I've been training for maybe 10, 10, 15 years, 20 years in my life. I've been doing a bunch of different things, but I've been doing this one for about 10 years. And it's become more of a spiritual practice. Yes, there's the physical component, but the spiritual practice is this. When I'm in a match, when I'm training with someone that is putting pressure on me, that's better than me, bigger, stronger, training longer, a part of me knows that I can just tap out and quit. Part of me knows I can just give up. The pain ends. The pressure ends. The round ends. I can go home. I'm noticing that voice more and more. The more I meditate, the more I'm aware of that voice, the more I'm aware that I have a part of me that just, when put under pressure, quits. The more I see that, the more I pop it up. Now, I've been working on this a little bit. Comes along, and now I'm seeing it. In the past, it just came and I was there, and then I quit. Now I'm seeing it, and it's like, okay, I have a choice now. I can choose to listen to this voice, or I can choose to persist. Listen to it and just accept it, or I can persist. Now, don't get me wrong, this is a bit of an inner battle here. It's like it's like shining light on your inner demons to deconstruct them and to see that although they've got snarly teeth, they're actually just an illusion and they can't actually beat you. Once again, the, the, the martial arts analogy applies back to life. Can I... Like, like, there will be times where you do have to quit in the martial arts. You know, someone's got you in a position, a submission, you tap to keep yourself safe. That makes sense. Same thing with life. Like I was saying with the iterations before, you have to, at times, you know, iterate and learn. I'm not saying that you shouldn't quit. I'm not saying that you shouldn't alter course. The question here is, what if I didn't preemptively quit? What if I didn't give up early? And you know, or at least I know, it's like, I tap... I end something, I don't try, I give up. It's like, hmm. And I know in the back of my mind, and then then that becomes a, a point of negative contention. I start dwelling on that. And I guess I guess one final thing here is it's a point of like, do I deserve success? I mean, tell me, comment. Does it feel like you have a part of you that feels like you don't deserve success? Or maybe coercively, conversely, you feel like you deserve failure. A lot of us have one of these things that's like this fear of success. Yeah, absolutely. Michelle says, absolutely. This fear of success, this fear of, you know, like maybe not a fear, but I mean, you could have a fear of success, like you fear being successful because what would that mean? What would it mean if you were to try something? You know, for me, this is like putting my poetry out there. What if, what if it spread? What if it became viral? what would that actually mean? Do I deserve that? Could I handle that? This is something that I'm sort of battling with. Even saying this, I can feel my heart just like expanding both with possibility, but also with terror. Because what would that mean? And if I fall to that fear and contract, you know, do this front body like, ugh. It's scary because it's change. And conversely, we've all... Every one of us has limited ourselves. Every one of us has put ourselves lower 
in the roles that we're in, you know, no matter what job you do, no matter who you're interacting with, you, you put on a little bit of persona to embody that role. You know, you're not, you're not the same. You're a variation of you in different circumstances. You that's in your work will be different to you that's getting a doctor's checkup, which would be different to you as a parent, as a friend, you know, we change. But part of that involves us putting parts of us aside. Some of that becomes overreactive. Some of that makes us feel small. Maybe that's a learnt response. So when I, when I ask the question, what if, what if I didn't preemptively quit? That forces me to think. It forces me to wonder and go, huh, what if I didn't preemptively quit? What if I was to really go for it, to really try, to really aim for the top? Am I, am I capable of that? Am I worthy of that? I'd like to say yes, 100%. And I'd like to say that you are, you know, whoever you, you listening to this right now, that you are worthy of that highest goal of your attainment. But the thing is, is like you have to embody that. You have to step yourself up to get there. I'm saying this from a point of my own truth. I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I, I touch there and then I fall back down. I touch there and I fall back down. I have a little success and it freaks me out. Fall back down. Slowly, slowly though, it's like I'm building this foundation, this internal foundation. And one of the key things that I've learned in this internal foundation to build that is to acknowledge, to be aware of the inner demons. One of my inner demons, one of these things inside me, this voice of the past. You know, the, the wording I use is just an analogy. Yeah, I call it an inner demon. It could be a voice of a past, you know, parent, abuser person that you know teach up whatever things that society expectation there's this there's a part of me that tells me to quit to give up to stop trying that i don't deserve to win <sighs> but then when i look at you know i look at successful people in all fields best-selling authors high-performing athletes entrepreneurs and business people that are making a real positive difference in this world. Artists of all varieties. Yeah, the inner critic, that's another, it's definitely another word for it. I look at all of these successful people and I see that everyone had blocks. You know, yes, some people are blessed to be born with less barriers to entry, with, you know, wealthy parents and opportunity and, you know, a life that's free from a lot of the turmoil we see in the world. We all start from different positions, not at all doubting that. But what I do acknowledge is that, one, everyone has a cross to bear. Everyone has, like, you know, the road, the road is never always, the lights are never always green. You know, there are barriers to entry. There are things that we have to overcome, you know, stigma, expectation, all of that sort of stuff. We all have conditioning of our past that we need to overcome. No one is born in a happiness, in a full, true, happy position. We all have stuff that we need to work on. And, you know, when you see people in these positions of, you know, peak performance and success, it's easy to look at them and go, oh, they lucked into it. They just, just, they just, you know, sort of woke up there. But listen to them talk long form, you know, look up review, look up, um, interviews, look up podcasts and, you know, how did they become successful? And you will see that, yeah, some of it's luck, some of it's birthright, but a lot of it, almost every single one of them needed to overcome barriers, hard work, all of that sort of stuff. 
and and for most of us, our goals aren't that super, super, super high peak, but most of us are sort of living at our level here, but we're desiring to be living up here, and that gap can be breached slowly, persistently, if we can ask ourselves these questions like, what if, what if I didn't preemptively quit? So please, I invite you, because um, we're going to come to the end of the session soon, I invite you for a couple of things. One, comment. Um, the more we interact, the better this is. I'm, I'm a high school teacher by trade, and... Um, you know, when you're teaching, you've got access and eyes on the students, at least in this in this medium, you see me, I don't get to see you. I see your little bubbly faces down the bottom and I see the comments coming. So please comment and contribute. That's number one. Number two, I want to encourage you to check out the course that I've got up on Insight Timer right now called Discover Your Divine Purpose. There is 10 sessions that are basically similar to this session. I'm going to be doing more sessions live over time as well where we start with a bit of a relaxation introduction. We open ourselves up. I ask you a question. We sit in silence together. Then I share my thoughts on that question. Then we sit in silence some more. That's the basis of the of the course. So if you're keen on that, click my profile, follow me, sign up to that course and take it and interact. What I, what I want to encourage is you guys to share your insights. Share your insights because I learn from you. Right. And it's easy to go in life being very personal and just doing it all yourself. But, you know, you share with me, I share with you. And there's a synergy there. You know what I mean? Laura acknowledges a fear of failure. It's scary. It's scary to fail. What if you try, actually try, you don't hold back and you try and you fail? terrifying because if you don't if you don't fail sorry if you don't try fully and you fail you can always be like yeah hey you know in the back of your mind you've got that excuse i've like i said i've written a bunch of books and some of them i didn't i didn't quite go fully didn't quite go fully because then i could hold back and go oh if this fails then i didn't i know i didn't put in 100 effort I've moved past that now and I'm stepping into this truth and like putting it all on the line. But if it fails, it means it's like, okay, that wasn't good enough or that wasn't appreciated enough. I didn't quite hit the mark and it hurts. It's an ego cut, but ultimately that ego cut when it heals gets stronger, you know, you, you, you heal stronger and it it doesn't hurt anywhere near as much as you think it's going to hurt. It's like the fear of failure is worse than failing itself. Fear of critics. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, maybe you can share a little bit more, Laura, of what you're fearing being critiqued for. I can speak to my own space. I put out a lot of poetry. I share my poetry wide. And <laughs> on one day, I shared a poem um, that talks about, the poem was called, Do You Love Me or The Idea of Me? And the idea of this poem was that Basically, there was an ex-partner of mine and we were in a relationship and she asked me, you know, like, we're breaking up. She's like, do you love me or the idea of me? And at the time I said, yeah, I love you. But then I thought about it. It's like, no, I actually loved the idea of you. And, you know, it was like, this is like, you know, a lot of relationship dynamics. But the poem expressed that thought. It expressed the idea of idolizing someone and then how can they reach that full, that potential? Like, you know, I put her on a pedestal. She's just a human. I loved the idea of her, not her. And her words cut deep. So I wrote a poem about it and I shared it. 
And if we're talking about critique here, on the same day, the very same day, I had two comments. One comment you know, basically was saying, I've redefined the concept of relationships. And it was like this revelation in this person's mind. Full of praise. Next comment <laughs> basically said I, you know, they used explicit words here, basically said I was pathetic and that she was right to break up with me and just, just really just criticizing, like hard. And it was really interesting to hold those two comments side by side and go, okay, like this person, they both read the exact same poem. This person saw me as this, this person saw me as that, high and low and extremes. So one of the things that I like to to hold from with fear of failure is, sorry, fear of criticism is to know that you're not as good or as bad as people say you are. Yeah. Like if you like this live session, great. If you didn't like it, fair enough. I need to sit true in myself and persist. You know what I mean? And yeah, Michelle, learn from failure. Learn from your failure. (sighs) Yeah, the martial arts analogy. When I do martial arts, if someone beats me, when I tap out, I can either get upset or I can learn. What caused me to lose? Was it was it my inner critic? Was it this voice that was telling me to quit? Or were they just technically better than me? If they're technically better than me, great. I've learned. I've learned that I need to improve my skill set. I've learned that they could probably teach me something. Cool. If it's because of a cardio factor, it's like, oh, I need to exercise more. And if it's because I just preemptively quit, well, here we go. Here's that, here's that little, here's that voice again that I can deconstruct with the shine of the light of consciousness. You know what I mean? Annette, if you try to step forward, you have not failed. I love that approach. I love that mindset. If you try to step forward, you haven't failed. <sighs> There's something to be said about stepping stepping into power, stepping forward. The first step is the hardest. Getting started, getting your momentum going. Same thing, like, I can only bring it back to my own examples, but with poetry, with martial arts, with, you know, the the stuff that I'm doing here on Insight Timer. The first steps are hard. The first poem's hard. Sharing is hard. I've, I've moved into doing um, open mic nights, like slam poetry stuff. When I first got onto that stage, reading my poetry out loud to people, shaking. But I realized, you know, after the fact, I, I felt far more nervous than I looked. And people, people don't see. There's a highlight reel going on inside my mind. There's a, there's a reel of all of these thoughts, but you only see what I'm showing you, right? You don't know what I'm thinking. You only see the, you only, I, I see all of this. You just see what I present to you. So I got down and the praise and the compliments and the acknowledgements were lovely. They didn't see the anxiety that I was feeling. I wasn't shaking that much. Point is, is yes, if you try to step forward, you've not failed. So please um, comment if you like. If you've enjoyed this live session and you want to encourage me, the option to donate is available there as well. <coughs> That's always appreciated. It just lets me know that um, that I'm doing well. And I also want to encourage you to check out the course that I've got up. It is called Discover Your Divine Purpose. In that in that course, ten sessions. I'm doing a second course. We're building it up. But in that course, Discover Your Divine Purpose. 
we are doing a similar thing to this life. Warm-up session, calming ourselves down, opening our mind up, asking you a question, sitting with that for a little bit, and then discussing. And then the classroom is quite active. I've had, (coughs) excuse me, I've had, I think, 28 questions so far. People are really getting involved and some of the insights that they're sharing in relation to a variety of different questions of this nature are quite huge. So I would like to say if there's no more questions, no more comments, we're going to sign off soon. Please, if you want to encourage, feel free to donate. I really appreciate it. And yeah, more importantly, check out that check out that course, Discover Your Divine Purpose. It is up. It is available. Um, and people are really getting a lot from it. It is... I've only released it, I think, last week. And like I said, there's 28, 28 um, questions, responses to those questions. So there's 10... There's 10 sessions. Each session has a different question. And yeah, people are starting to engage and responding. And yeah, their responses are teaching me stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking the dynamics and the back and forwards. Um, and I think I will do some more of these sessions over time with different questions and different responses because yeah, it helps. It helps to relate and to connect and to engage. So unless there's any more comments, I'm happy to stay on for a little bit longer if you guys want, but if not, yeah, let me know. And thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the time spent together, meditating, connecting, all of this sort of stuff. It's, it's lovely. But without further ado, if there's no more, we'll say bye-bye. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, you can check out my Insight Timer profile with the link in the show notes. Check it out, click through, sign up, take the course, engage with me there, and yeah, we can do some meditation together. Anyway, catch up.